Thank you, Chuck, for that beautiful prayer. In fact, we are here this morning because God is with us. He came in human form to seek and to save those who are lost. And that's why we're here this morning. That's what we celebrate in this season. Scripture is full of stories of God's reaching into the lives of people, his redemptive history. Um, and none, uh, much more so when we get to the Gospels and we look into Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, coming as a baby. Um, the text that we're going to be looking at this morning is at the end of the first chapter of Luke. And to make that point, to reinforce the point about stories of people. The first chapter of Luke, those who eventually divided Scripture into chapters, had to make it 80 verses long because there were interweaving stories. You have major characters of Zechariah, who was a priest, his wife Elizabeth. They were old. They hadn't been able to have a child. And as we read partway through the chapter, uh, Elizabeth was feeling the reproach of the people. You haven't had a child. Very human stories. You have Elizabeth. You have her husband, Zachariah, the priest. You have uh, Mary. You have Gabriel, who said to Zachariah, I came from standing in the presence of God to bring you good news. That's where I came from. Um, so that chapter is, is woven with uh, really significant, very human stories. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch that a little bit before I, we read our text this morning. As I mentioned, Zachariah and his wife, he was a priest. They hadn't been able to have a child. She was feeling uh, the reproach of that. She was feeling childless. And uh, Zachariah was in the temple. It was his turn to do his priestly duties. The people were outside praying. He was lighting the incense in the temple. And lo and behold, an angel, Gabriel, presents himself in front of Zechariah, who was quite frightened by this prospect. And Zechariah, the Gabriel brought Zechariah the news that he by, and, and his wife, Elizabeth, by God's design, were going to have a child. And went on to talk about John the Baptist and what John would do as one who prepared the way for the Lord and that, that many would be ready to hear Jesus when he came. And, of course, a very human part of the story. Um, at that point, Zechariah was kind of wondering, okay, how do I know this is really going to happen? We're old. Uh, how is it we're really going to have a baby? And at that point, Gabriel said to him, listen, I came from the presence of God to bring you this good news. It's going to happen. But until it does, until the day that it happens, you're not going to be able to speak because you didn't believe. Okay, so from that point on until day eight, when John the Baptist was presented for circumcision and they had to name him, Zachariah couldn't speak. In fact, when it came time to name the baby, people thought they'd probably name the baby after him. They had to give him something to write on. What shall we name the baby? John. 
And so at that point he could speak. And then our text for this morning comes in. The last verses of the first of these 80 verses, actually through verse 79. Hear the word of the Lord. Now Zechariah could speak. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of the prophets from of old, that no one should, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, referring to his son John. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of our sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise or the day spring shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is the word of the Lord. This text is going to be looking, focusing on this term, which is variously translated day spring, that from which day springs, the sunrise, a beautiful image of God coming to his people as the rising sun. Uh, We're going to be looking at themes of light this morning, uh, very much in the context of Pastor Chuck's prayer about God's love reaching into the lives of all of us in our darkness. Uh, The darkness of separation from him and the darkness which still can exist in our lives even as we've come to him. We have those places. So first point is that Jesus himself is light. Jesus, light is a person, not a thing, not an entity. Jesus is light. Um, and we're going to look at a few of the, of the scriptures which are part of this theme, that, that are very much part of this season. John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you're a believer here this morning, I hope that you've memorized this verse. This is a verse to claim in the midst of any kind of darkness that we're experiencing day to day. Lord, you are the light of the world. You are my light. You are my salvation. Bring that light on my path today, please, by your Holy Spirit. I don't know how you're going to do it, but please do it. And that's where our faith, we talk, Pastor Chuck talks a lot about just trusting Just trust. There are many situations where in our humanity we want to know how God is going to work it out for us. 
He says, just trust me. And we'll be talking more about this as we go along. So Jesus said this, and his audience, the Pharisees, responded by saying, you're bearing witness to yourself. Uh, Your testimony is not true. You're just making this up. Jesus answered in verse 17, in your law, it's written that the testimony of two men is true. And they're probably thinking, okay, he's talking about himself. Who else? Because he's saying two men. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. There's two of us, myself and my Father. There you go. You want two witnesses? You've got two witnesses right there. Uh, Of course, they didn't quite know what to say about that. Um, Getting back to John the Baptist for a minute, we know years later when he baptized Jesus, what happened? The dove, this Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove, and the voice, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. God the Father was bearing witness at that moment. Something else that happened later, years later, during the ministry of Jesus, had a profound impact on his disciples. And we'll be looking at some of the scriptures that came referenced that event. We read in Matthew 17, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by Jerusalem. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. A bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. One of the resonances of this event we see later in the very familiar passage in the first chapter of John that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth. They beheld his glory in a way on that mountain that they'd never seen before. In his old age, John on the island of Patmos would see also Jesus in a profoundly different way. Uh, But this was during his ministry, his time on earth. Peter, another one of the three who was there, writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 16, and he's, people were arguing that uh, the Christian faith at that time was just a bunch of made-up stories. You know, they were making it up as they went along. Uh, Peter is arguing against that, and he says, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. These were not stories. This was nothing made up. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
We saw it. We were on that mountain and saw it. I think if any of us had been privileged by God to be there that day, that'd be one of those things that you're never the same. You're never the same. Um, And yet, God continues to appear to us in his glory in our own lives. And we need to be able to hold on to those things and say, yes, I've, I've been an eyewitness of his working in my own life. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So to see the glory and the splendor of God. We'll come back to this passage again in a little while because there's another part of it that will fit into our application. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3 speaks of uh, Christ as being the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature as he upholds the universe by his powerful word. Do you know that right now, if Jesus pulled out of things, we'd be gone? He actively is maintaining this universe. Uh, And he is ruler of the kings of the earth. So that's something we need to remember when the events that bombard us every day in the news affect us. Jesus really is in charge. And all we can do in the midst of our agony and perplexity about things that are happening is continue to turn to him. And just saying, Lord, you be God, you be sovereign, you do what you're intending to do. You bring history to the next phase when it's your time. So Jesus is the light, he's the glory. He brings point two is Jesus brings light into our own darkness. He brings light into our own darkness. It's that same creative power by which Jesus, we read in John 1, everything that was made was made by him. Nothing that exists, there's nothing that exists which was not made by him. Um, So his creative power um, is that same power which comes into our life. Here's a verse for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, the original creation, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. As we read in Zechariah's prophetic prayer, It's by God's tender mercy that the day spring from on high comes to visit us in our own darkness. His light is transformative. Point three, his light is transformative. When his light shines in our life, it changes everything. We're never the same. Malachi 4.2 But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness 
S-U-N in this case, but it's really referring to the S-O-N. The Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. It's a poetic metaphor for the rays of the sun, uh, the wings. But another way to talk about it is to talk about actual wings. One of the beautiful images in Scripture for us who come through Christ to God are that we are under the shelter of his wings. Under his wings, we have come to trust. But then also there's this beautiful metaphor of the rising sun and the rays of the sun uh, with healing. We all need healing. Even when we come to Christ and we are blessedly restored to fellowship with him and our sins have been taken on the cross by his son and we've been given the gift of his righteousness, we still need healing. We're works in progress. We need not only physical healing, but there are lots of places in our life where we need his help. We need his light. We need his healing. The ultimate trajectory of his, of his healing work in our lives is that we ourselves ultimately will uh, shine like the sun in, the, in our Father's heavenly realm. Ultimately, we'll be with him and we will be light. We are called children of light now. Uh, during this cr- Christmas season where we do so much with light and lights, uh, I just encourage you to do your own study in scripture on light. Uh, Jesus as the light. Um, and us as his children. Um, the, the verse that I just mentioned, Matthew uh, 13, 43, is the statement of Jesus himself. And it's actually in the context of him exp- explaining the parable of the weeds and judgment. But he says then, and this, this highlights for us, that the fact that a very safe place for us but the only safe place that exists is in Christ himself. However things wrap up finally, it's those who are in him who will shine like the sun in their heavenly father's realm. That's just one of those things that's a mystery to us. And it's the kind of thing that I think we just need to ask the Holy Spirit sometimes to say, Lord, help me. Help move some of the stuff that I'm reading from my head to my heart, that this is my identity, that this is where I'm heading, that this is what's going on. When we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the one who died in our place, who took up his sin, our sin upon himself, and clothed us with his righteousness, he himself has become our light and our power. He's become our light and our power. We notice at this time of year, sometimes we ride around and look at the lights in the neighborhoods. And I think most of us have commented sometimes that the, the, the displays that are a little more extreme, you know, the full lawn, the roof. Uh, you look inside, you can see them through the windows, probably lights all over the place. And... Uh, You know, I've wondered a couple times about the electric bill that comes in January or February. Uh, What what kind of thing people are paying? Uh, 
We have to understand when God comes into our life to renovate. He comes into the, the life, our life, our house, the rooms of our life, to renovate, to bring his light, to bring his beauty. Number one, he's paid the bill for our sin. He's done that already. Number two, he is, he's got the master plan. He's got the beauty. He's got the lights. Jesus is the light. But not only that, there's multiple aspects to the splendor of God in our life. Um, and the idea here is that the, the light, his light, uh, in us grows stronger and stronger. So I want to get back now to uh, that reference in Peter where we already talked about the fact that he said, we didn't make this stuff up. We saw Jesus. And then he went on to say in verse 19 that in Jesus, we have the Old Testament. We have the prophetic word uh, confirmed. It's made uh, more sure. And now he's talking about Scripture. And he says, you do well to pay attention to it. You do well to heed it. We won't take time this morning to look into this, but in the New Testament, in several places, there are passages and verses that talk about the pattern of teaching, the pattern of sound truth, of gospel, uh, that we need to become more and more acquainted with that, settled in it, pay attention to it. And then he goes on to say, as to a light that shines in a dark place. The scripture continues, God uses scripture to continue to shed light within us. Uh, if we get back, let me just finish this. There's a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts by faith. So now we have this image of light that goes from Jesus Christ as the rising sun. We have him, the light of the knowledge of Christ, by the Holy Spirit coming into our life and awakening us and bringing us to life. And then we have him using his word to shed more light within us so that ultimately we too, as children of light, will shine like the sun in the Heavenly Father's realm. And this happens in very practical, very nuts and bolts ways. Um, you know, in working with people, and I know this has been true with Pastor Chuck, as human beings, um, again, if we use the metaphor of a house, our life as a house that has many rooms, we've turned that house over to the Lord. In fact, he's taken us back to his. He's adopted us ultimately. But in the meantime, there may be rooms within us of pain, of hurt, of abuse, of sin that won't let go, that we've just kind of come to a point of despair. Um, in fact, maybe we've just kind of kept, in the case of bitterness, whatever, we've just said, God, this is part I want you to stay out of. I want each one of us to think at this season of light coming into our life, of God continuing to use Scripture 
to bring us into fellowship with him, to just trust. To say, Lord, this part of my life I don't know what to do with. I have no idea. I have no idea how you're going to enter that space in me and bring your light. But I want it, I need it, and you promised it to me. And that's what I look for in this season. You know, there may be, at this, with some of us sitting here, there may be family members from whom we've been estranged for years. And there's a bitterness. And there are reasons for it. And it's complicated and it's messy. Well, Jesus came into a complicated, messy world to bring his own kind of order. And the Holy Spirit is the new law in town. He can take the word of God into our lives and give us... God can raise up people that can come alongside of us. He can bring a scripture to mind. Whatever, there is healing in his wings. And this is a season for us to see the splendor and the glory of God in our own lives. I think for some of us, those, those places in our life, there may be a sense of despair about it. There may be a sense that I'm not even, of shame. Hey, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have that problem. Uh, well, believe me, there are lots of the rest of us in this room who are believers for a long time. And we've got those areas in our life. So let's get over that part of it. And let's just say, it's about not us. It's about that whole house. I think we've all had an experience of passing a house um, where all the lights are on. You drive by, every light is on. And it's beautifully decorated and you can just have a sense of the beauty and the joy of that, of that home. Our lives are to be like that, more and more. The light goes on in more rooms. The beauty is, is of, of God's restoration and his decoration continues for his glory, for his glory. So that as we go around and people can notice things in our life, our very human lives, uh, warts and all, that they notice. They notice something happening. Um, and those we're perhaps able to reach out to for restoration of a relationship might wonder how it is that we're able to do that and themselves be affected by that. Uh, the areas of hurt that we don't know how we can have healing, the grief, um, that kind of thing, God knows how to reach out to us. Um, God continues to be the God of light and of power. Uh, and we need to continue to look to him to do that. I invite you to just consider some of these scriptures again through this season as I've given them to you. Meditate on them. Ask for the Lord to make them real to you, to move them from head to heart. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your light, for your goodness, for your mercy and your grace. Lord, we pray that you will continue to rise with healing in your wings for those of us who are in you. Lord, may the splendor that you continue to produce 
in our very real human lives be something that draws others toward you and toward that eternal life which is found only in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.